Welcome to the Cycling in Alignment podcast, an examination of cycling as a practice and dialogue about the integration of sport and right relationship to your life. Hello there, listeners. After over two years of recording and 80 plus episodes, I am elated to announce that Enduro Bearings has agreed to become a supporter of the Cycling in Alignment podcast. This is a double win for you, the audience. You have the opportunity to demonstrate your support of the show by making a purchase on the website cycling.endurobearings.com and you get to save some dollars while you trick out your whip. Use the code Colby Podcast to receive a 35% discount on any of Enduro Bearings excellent products. That's Colby Podcast, which is all lowercase and all one word. This includes the excellent XD15 ceramic bottom bracket, which is guaranteed for life. That means it may outlive you because, well, it's inanimate. Enduro also makes headsets, derailleur pulleys, as well as bearings for just about everything that rotates on a bicycle. So use your digits to make the keyboard mudras and head over to cycling.endurobearings.com and upgrade your favorite ride now. And remember, the proper number of bicycles is always N plus one, so think ahead. Thanks for listening. Ashley. Welcome to the Cycling and Alignment podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Cool. So tell everyone, please tell everyone a bit about yourself and your product and your company, Back to Basics. Sure. So it's been quite the journey to get here. So I think I have to start a little before where we are now. Um, I am currently the founder and owner of Back to Basics. We're an all-natural, non-toxic products company, but the inspiration behind it really runs a lot deeper. And we've got to kick it off with something that happened to me all the way back in college. So uh, I had been an athlete my entire life. And in college, I kind of fell into it with my weird combination of skills and dance. I fell into cheerleading and I hadn't done it previously, but trained up in college, ended up on the college team. And in my senior year, a big basketball basketball game that we were cheering at. ESPN's there, tensions are high. And during our halftime show, I was dropped on the top of my head. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Yes. <laughs> on national television. <laughs> oh boy. Um, yeah, it was. And that's really what kicked off my entire health journey. It was such a pivotal point in my life and I didn't even know it at the time. So it started with a lot of chronic pain issues and I was going to a chiropractor, going to doctors, just trying to figure out how to manage the pain from it. I found this funny combination of if I slept sitting up, like propped up with five pillows and hooked up to a TENS unit while I was falling asleep, then I could get myself to actually wow. fall asleep without pain. Wow. Um, but that wasn't ideal. It wasn't a lifelong solution. So I kept seeing specialists, kept going to the chiropractor. About six months later, the pain was manageable, but I honestly didn't know what it was like to live without a headache anymore. I just had a constant migraine. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, I just figured, okay, this is all just physical and physical on the most surface 
level of the term. And I was just so focused on the pain that I didn't really think of anything else that could be affected. So I graduated from college, moved down to LA, start a career in the entertainment industry. I thought I wanted to be a film producer. So I'm going down that route. And within a month of being in LA, all of the systems of my body slowly started to shut down. And I shouldn't say slowly, very rapidly. It was just a snowball. Like once the first thing hit, everything just started shutting down. It started with really labored breathing that sent me to the ER. They couldn't diagnose me, couldn't figure out what was going on. So they sent me home with some prednisone, said, okay, feel better. Come back if you're worse. Uh, next day, I was worse. And every day after that, I got worse and worse and worse to the point where I was in a wheelchair. I could not leave my apartment. I was bedridden other than going to doctor's appointments and specialists in my wheelchair. Um, I had chronic fatigue so badly. I had vertigo so badly. I couldn't drive. I couldn't even sit up to eat a meal. I had to be propped up because I was just so dizzy all the time. Mm -hmm. And Every doctor and every specialist that I saw, I would mention this accident that I had had where I was dropped on the top of my head. I thought maybe it was relevant because everything started to kind of build from that moment. And every single doctor, every single, single specialist told me, no, it could not be related. That was a year ago. There's nothing that could be related with that. Um, so we're just going to go from this point forward. And this, this was my team. This is who I had put my trust in to heal, to get well. And um, it was a big mistake because they never were able to come up with a diagnosis. I went misdiagnosed for almost a year. I got worse every day. And it wasn't due to lack of trying or caring either. Like I was seeking out every specialist I could find, everyone that was the top in their field that could possibly give me an answer, possibly help me, possibly turn me down a road that was towards healing instead of um, my health crumbling. And um, there just weren't any answers, like blood tests, CAT scans, MRIs, nothing was giving me any answers. So uh, at a certain point, I started to realize that none of these people were actually talking to each other. No one had actually ever looked at me as a holistic being and said, oh, this lung issue she's having could be related to what's happening neurologically, which could be, you know, no one ever looked at it, the whole picture. No one ever even asked me a history of my health. It was just from this point forward and in my little field and with this one part of your body, what's going on? Mm -hmm. And um, I didn't know enough about alternative modalities at the time to, to really even pursue anything else. But luckily, my aunt, who is a physician and very well-versed in alternative medicine, she had heard about this woman in Marina Del Rey that was doing the amazing work in the field of homeopathy. And I had never heard of homeopathy at the time, but I my interest was definitely peaked um, just because of her testimonials. Her clients were reporting things that seemed like miracles. And uh, my aunt got us her contact information. My mom was handling all my appointments at the time. And she called this woman's like, we need your help. We don't know where else to turn. And at that time, she wasn't taking on new clients. She was so overrun by the client load that she had. And she was really wanting to write a book. So she's like, I can't take you on, but I'll meet with you for a couple hours to at least point you in a direction and hopefully um, shed some light on your situation. So we went over that 
day. We drove straight over there and we're like, we'll take any minute of your time you have, anything that could possibly help. And um, very fortunately, this woman and I had such a heart connection from the second we met that she was like, I'm not letting you leave here until we figure out what's going on with you. And that was uh, that was the biggest life-saving moment of my entire life. Um, she sat there with me and did what no one else had up until that point. She took into account everything that had happened to me, not just in the past year, not just in the past five years, but from birth until that point. She was looking at everything. And uh, what I didn't understand about homeopathy at the time that she was actually doing and taking my case was she was picking out these nuggets and she was asking very specific questions in a way that she could piece together what would be the most curative thing for me. And um, the homeopathy is a very specific, very individualized form of medicine. Uh, which really worked to my favor, especially being somebody that hadn't gotten a diagnosis. So homeopathy doesn't rely on, oh, you have this diagnosis, you have cancer, you have high blood pressure, you have restless leg syndrome, whatever. It doesn't rely on that. It just is looking at you, your totality of symptoms, meaning everything you're experiencing at this given moment, looking at you as a holistic being. So everything you're experiencing physically, mentally, spiritually, all of these things put together emotionally um, and going from that point, okay, these are your symptoms. This is what leads us to the medicine, the homeopathic remedy that you need. So uh, everything she was explaining to me in that first encounter just intuitively made sense. It's just, I don't know. I, I have this feeling I've had it a few, quite a few times over my life, but like when something new is introduced to you and it just hits you like that's truth. It hits you at such a deep level. That's what it felt like in this encounter. Like, mm-hmm. So what you are saying is the truth. And it feels very, it resonates very deeply with me at this moment. And so she later, years later in knowing her, she had told me, she's like, yeah, the reason I didn't let you leave that day is because I didn't know that you'd survive if I let you leave. Mm-hmm. And for her to just take that on and and step up in that moment to, I'm going to save your life, which she did. By the end of the week, I was out of the wheelchair. By the end of the month, all of my really life-threatening symptoms were completely gone. And I continued working with her for a year. And after that year, there were things that were resolved that I didn't ever even look at as a problem, like um, hormonal issues, endocrine disruption that, oh, like, all women have irregular periods or painful periods. Like, no, that that's not actually a healthy state of being. And so after working with her through all these things, we were able to reverse all these um, traumas that had happened to my body and not on just a surface physical level. So she did address the head injury that had happened um, she, with very well-prescribed homeopathic remedies. We were able to unravel all of that. But also she started looking at things like my environment and the products that I was using, the food I was eating, the supplements I was taking. I mean, such a well-rounded holistic approach that every detail was accounted for. So in doing this, in trusting my body to heal itself instead of me micromanaging or a doctor or a pharmaceutical drug trying to micromanage on this biochemical level of like, let's raise this level a little bit. Oh, now this one's off. And then you have a side effect from this drug. Instead of doing that, 
all she really did was give it the right information and give it the right conditions so that my body could heal itself. And that is really the principle I live by now, that our bodies are so much more intelligent than we are. (laughs) They know so much more at such a deeper level. And the communication that happens within our systems is so profound that we can't even we can't even start to try and tinker with that. Like giving it the ability to do what it does best. Like our bodies are always trying to heal themselves. Every function, every system we have is meant to keep us alive, to survive. So if you're having your body do things that, um, it, uh, these symptoms that you don't want, it's not your body rebelling against you or misfiring. It's your body being like, hey, I'm throwing out a red flag. There's a problem here. Let me tell you about it. And I want you to address it. So after working with this woman for a full year and learning so much from her, I I found myself in this place of okay, what I went through, this health crisis was really scary. I felt entirely unempowered and I never want to feel that way again. So I want to make sure that I have the tools that I need for myself, my family, my future family, future children. I want to make sure I have all the resources I need that no one I know or love or myself is ever in this situation again. And um, my this woman who it healed me so profoundly, she encouraged me to uh, study for my doctorate in homeopathy. And she mentored me at the same time. And as I was going through that, and mind you, this is all for pretty much selfish reasons. That I was delving into homeopathy, but along the path, I found, I started collecting all these people that really needed help in the same way that I did. Maybe not with as severe of issues, sometimes with more severe uh, crises, um, but all in the same boat of I've tried these other things and they didn't work. So is there something else out there? Is there another way I could look at healing at the body and um, just something else that can give me some answers that might be a better approach? So I started building up a client base just all through word of mouth, never advertising, just uh, leaving it up to whoever needed help. I would, I would, um, I would be open to. And I, this is all with the intent of going back to my career in the film industry. (laughs) I never really thinking it was going to amount to much more than that. But pretty soon I was in a situation where I had a wait list of over a year and a half to even speak with me. I was having these amazing cases of, it seemed like a miracle, but really it wasn't me doing anything. I wasn't healing them. All I was helping them do is give their body the right condition and give them their bodies the right information to be able to heal themselves. Mm-hmm. So uh miraculous things happened. Um and I got to this point where I thought, okay, uh, there are so many people out there that are wanting and needing help. And I just don't have the time to get to all of them. I am working around the clock. I'm making myself sick again by not sleeping and working this hard for everyone else's benefit. Is there a way I can work uh, smarter instead of harder at this point? Mm. Um, So I use something called bioenergetic testing in my practice where I could actually take a DNA sample from my client 
and test them to anything. I could test them for the foods they're eating, the supplements they are taking, the pharmaceutical drugs they are on, uh, the products in their home, the products they use on their body, anything. So after years of working with these clients, I had this database of information that was telling me what was really affecting their vitality, what was raising their vitality, what was lowering it, what was just neutral, not really having any effect at all. And I started digging through this data to see, like, are, is there a common denominator here? Is there a through line that I can figure out that I could summarize for people and put out more as um, general information instead of things that were so individualized and specific just to that client? And as I started going through this with a very open mind, not sure that I would find anything that was really a common de denominator, I started seeing that there were certain chemicals that were consistently negative for everyone that no one tested positively for that did not raise anyone's vitality ever and only lowered it to varying degrees. So some, it would drop their vitality way down low and they would present with symptoms or a disease from, from that chemical. Others, uh, they might have an a very low grade effect from it, but I could still see their vitality dropping. So in looking that, at that, I started making a list of all these chemicals that we were coming across that, that were affecting people in this negative detrimental way. And that was my light bulb moment of this is what people need to know. People need to know that if they aren't exposed to these things, that they won't have to be sick from them. So I started to play out this theory with my clients. Um, we were using homeopathy to get them over the exposure to these chemicals. But I, I started looking at well, what if we didn't use homeopathy? What if we just removed the chemicals? And in homeopathy, we call this an obstacle to cure. So say, for example, one of the chemicals was something that's found in a conventional laundry detergent. The client is having insomnia, a rash on the back of their neck, and migraines that start at 3 p.m. every day. Like this is how specific we get with homeopathy. So, okay, that this is their this client's symptom picture. I am able to test them bioenergetically. I see it, uh, when I test them against this laundry detergent, it's tanking their vitality. And um, by removing it, their vitality is able to raise up. Okay, so if I'm to give them the remedy that counteracts this laundry detergent, uh, they'll get better maybe for a little bit. But then their symptoms will return because they're still if they're still using this laundry detergent. So that's what we call an obstacle to cure. Yeah. So, yes, I can get you better. But if you're continuously exposed to it, then you will get sick again. Mm -hmm. So um, by removing that obstacle to cure and using the remedy, they get well very quickly. But what I started to do with my clients is I would require a full home consult before starting their homeopathic treatment. So what we would do is we'd go through their house, take out all the toxic stuff. I would test them against everything to see how it was affecting their vitality. And we would get rid of anything that was testing negatively. And astoundingly, so many people got over their symptoms and diseases just with that alone, just with the removal of these toxic products. I thought for sure that, you know, you'd need the cleanup and the detox with homeopathy or some other form of, um, of detoxing protocol. But just by giving your body the space to have a clean environment, it was just healing on its own like it's designed to. Mm -hmm.
So uh, that's when I started to change gears. And uh, this is this was something I knew that I could get out there in a bigger way. And also, mind you, this is like a decade ago before people really were really talking about clean, non-toxic products. You know, uh, this was all pretty novel. So I, I knew there were amazing people that I really respected in the, the world of nutrition and in body work. And I was like, I'll leave that to them. This is where I can really do service and teach people about these chemicals that we are uh, mostly unknowingly exposed to. So these things also are very much in our control. It's not like the factory spitting out these chemicals from their smokestack. It's like things that we are bringing into, paying money for, bringing into our homes, putting in on and around our own bodies that are, that are destroying our health. Mm -hmm. So that was the thing that I was like, okay, I got to do something about this. And that's where the inspiration for Back to Basics came from to be able to give people products that have all been tested by us bioenergetically in-house that have been researched by us to be actually safe, not just greenwash safe. Yeah. Yeah. A very long answer to your very <laughs> simple question. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I love it. I love it. So several things came to me while you were explaining all that. Thank you for that story and for sharing all that. Um. You know, one thing that occurred to me is that you really are, you're like the wounded healer who learned to make her own tools. Mm -hmm. And that's a pretty remarkable journey. And, you know, it's always in hindsight is always 2020. So we can look in the rearview mirror and say, okay, I went through this experience and I was miserable and I had pain in your case for a long time. You had a lot of pain, disabling pain. It sounds like you weren't even working probably for a year. You weren't capable of it. Right. So that's a major life event. And you said, you said that you basically had a chronic migraine all the time. That was your baseline. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I, a pretty... I remember it, what really um, drove that home for me is that when I would go to the chiropractor, he would do something and it would relieve the headache for a split second. So it was like I'd have that one second of knowing what it was like not to have a headache and then would immediately come back. So it was like wow. kind of torturous. <laughs> like, oh, wait, like, if I just never knew what it was like to not have a headache, then I'd just be going along my life. But yeah, it was pretty miserable. So when you had that cheerleading accident and you were dropped, did you end up with a subluxated atlas or how, what was the, I, I, would be, I would be shocked if you didn't. Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah. So that was probably one of the major biomechanical causes of challenge. Yes, exactly. Like directly on the top of my head. So when my neck straightened back out, instead of having that curvature, it straightened back out. So I was always kind of like a vulture like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Forward head posture. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And so did you end up, so the chiropractor was able to temporarily, very temporarily um, realign you. Did you end up working with a Nuka chiropractor or someone else to help? I did. I went through about three different chiropractors, got me to the point where it was, it, I don't know that I'd even say manageable. It was livable. I, you know, I, I found all my little hacks like sleeping, sitting up, but I mean, nothing was really ideal. Uh, it really wasn't until homeopathy that I was able to heal entirely and completely like holistically to the source, get rid of all the symptoms associated with that injury. And that is another really important point. I think you brought up, um, this is the theme that you sort of mentioned in a lot of what you were explaining is 
that simple idea that the body does want to return to a state of health and healing. And I had this discussion with a lot of my clients, and it's pretty unfortunate to me that they somehow have seemed to have lost this intuition that um, the body does want to be in a place of balance and health. The body wants to be optimal. You're, it has to by definition because you your soul is occupying your body, and that is life force. That's life energy. And you're here to express yourself, your soul's path, your dream, right? Whatever, however you want to say it. And so, of course, that life energy wants to do it in an optimal way. In order to do that optimally, you have to be healthy. You have to have an, a healthy expression of yourself. And it saddens me to experience or to learn how many of my clients or other athletes that I work with have sort of lost faith in that process. Mm-hmm. They don't see it I- that way. I think it's so much the system that they're living in. So a lot of my clients were professional athletes as well. So I got to see that the insides of that world. And so much of it is we just got to get you back out on the field. We got to get you back on the bike. We got to get you back out there. So what can we do that will fix you temporarily? We're not looking long-term to make sure that you're going to still be walking when you're 50 years old, but what can we do right now to get you back out there? And uh, what I love about homeopathy is that it does not have that approach. There, There's no sacrificing the long term for the now. It's very much what is the most gentle, curative, and holistic way we can heal you. And when you really look at what type of medicine it is, too, it's an energetic medicine. So this all sounds kind of woo-woo, but it really isn't. Because when you're looking at our bodies, like there's so much communication that happens energetically in there. And so much of conventional medicine is only looking at the chemical level. We're looking at the biochemistry. How can this drug re- create a chemical change that raises this, that changes this, that gets rid of this symptom? But there's another level of communication, this bioenergetic um, communication that actually tells the biochemical level what to do. So why aren't we operating from that point? Why don't we just go to the source and then the biochemical level figures itself out because it's being fed the right information. Um, I feel like conventional science is is really being able to prove all this now, but it's like this information just hasn't translated over to um, the pharmaceutical and conventional medicine world yet. So Mm -hmm. I think in order to really get holistic um, healing, we have to look to these alternative modalities modalities right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is what you're talking about is sort of parallel to Paul Check's model of the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And, and so if, if my audience isn't familiar, it's, I'll describe it. It's, it's a totem pole. That's sort of a map of the human body. And the parallel to what you're saying, actually is sort of that most Western science is focused on the bottom part of the totem pole. The very bottom part is what Paul would consider the slave joints, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ankles, the knees, the feet, the pelvis, and then above that is the viscera, and then it it cascades up. It's it's like a map of the body, but at the top is the psyche, mm-hmm. and the psyche. The point of the totem pole is that everything is hierarch hierarchical. Mm-hmm. That's a hard word for me to say. Hierarchical, <laughs> hierarchical. It's for and, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and so, at the top, the psyche is the it's the driver. It's the mother of all really how everything else expresses itself, how everything else manifests to use even another woo hippie word, right? But yeah, it, I mean, it's found in so many different ways. I mean, you can look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs too. Yeah. Yeah. 
our body is going to survive first. So if that's what it's going to focus on. So if it is not in health, if it's in survival mode, then that's where all the energy is going to go. Once we surpass that and we're in a place where we feel taken care of, we're not in fight or flight, then we can start getting higher and higher and finally reach a stage where we can heal our consciousness and transcend. But mm-hmm. if if we're always in this mode, I'm like, is my body going to survive? Then mm-hmm. that's that's yep. where you get stuck. Yep. It's yeah. uh, not a good idea to throw in a cartwheel when you're being chased by a lion, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So when your health is is in order, you feel safe, you feel secure, you know where your food's coming from, you're warm enough, you have some people that are part of your tribe that can look after you or, or our family or friends, then you get to the point where you can dance and play and create and help others and do those things, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And start worrying about whether or not your meat is truly grass-fed or just <laughs> exactly. green-washed grass-fed. <laughs> <laughs> so that's so interesting. The other thing that really came to me when you were talking is just the the paradigm of Western medicine. It seems like we hear so many stories about people who get lost in the system, kind of like just like you did. And sometimes their crises aren't as big as yours, and maybe sometimes they're bigger. But yours is pretty solid. But <laughs> you know, you're you're consulting experts and the current education pathway. And I'm not a doctor, so I'll just throw out my opinion on this, and people can slaughter it or do whatever they want with it. But a doctor will study in their field and their field of study is by definition hyper myopic. The further they go, the more, the longer they stay in residency or do all the things that they do, the number of years they go to school, the more they're focused on that singular discipline. And anyone who's a cyclist and listens to this podcast will understand this inherently. The more you focus on one thing, it's at the exclusion of all others, right? I mean, the more you ride your bike on the weekend, the less likely it is you're going to mow your lawn, call to your wife, play football with your kids, you know, you're gone on your bike for six hours and then you're smoked the rest of the day that's it that's your day so we when we focus on a singular thing it comes at the expense of the broader view mm-hmm. and i think this is one of the outcomes of western medicine that's really a negative because what happens is we ends up with all these specialists people who are hyper hyper educated in one very small sliver one zip code when we really need someone to be able to look just as your homeopathic doctor did at the whole country metaphorically and, and understand how those pieces are simulated together because human beings aren't people who have only eyeball pain or only a subluxated out subluxated atlas. Like, yes, a subluxated atlas will influence many other body systems potentially, yep. but it's also just one singular aspect of health yep. in an organism that has, millions of bio trillions of biochemical reactions happening every second so i don't really blame any of the doctors or specialists like they were doing their job that's how they were trained it it was just system and i was in the wrong system that Mm -hmm. like that's where i wasn't i I wasn't going to find cure there so i just needed to look elsewhere yeah yeah and you're not the only one who's gone through that journey unfortunately yeah, and, and my goal now is to help as many people as possible not to be in the same position that I was because I I know what that feels like now and mm-hmm. feel very unempowered and and very lost. It just mm-hmm. it and that's something that I always have 
had the goal of with my company too, with back to basics, I never want people to feel lost in it. Cause I know now a lot of times when people start coming to, okay, I know these toxic chemicals are bad for me. I want to switch over to clean products, but I'm so lost. Everything's toxic. Where do I even start? So that was always the intent behind back to basics is that we are bringing it back to basics. We're making Mm -hmm simple again. We're not trying to overcomplicate it with 5 million different products. We are doing all the testing. We are bringing it down to the products that work the best. And uh, you don't have to try a million different things and go through things that don't work and um, are toxic. Uh, Because I saw a lot of my clients go through that. Once we would pinpoint something that was toxic to them and we knew that it needed to be removed, I'd say, oh, go down to your favorite natural grocer and grab a new laundry detergent, grab a new air freshener, whatever it may be. And they would come home with it. And I, before I really got into all this, I was like, oh, wait, this is just as toxic as the conventional yeah. version you were using. What mm-hmm. the heck? Like mm-hmm. Now you're paying more for something that is equally as toxic. Right. This doesn't right. feel good. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I knew that I really needed to get in deeper, actually talk to the manufacturers, find where they're sourcing these ingredients from, figure out how different ingredients that separately can be safe, but when put together become a toxic concoction. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just so much, there's so much nuance to it that the average consumer does not have time for, or just doesn't have access to. And then I also knew I had something uh, that could really help that most people don't have as well as this bi- bioenergetic testing. Like not only can I take all this, um, this information in just at the manufacturer's word, or just by reading the ingredients list, I can actually test it to know if they're telling the truth on it, if the whole of the product is actually beneficial to people or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, okay. Are you ready to get into some specifics? Sure. About products? Cool. Yeah. So I'm looking at your site now and and you have this swap guide. That's super cool. Um, I mean, I agree. Like, it's really overwhelming. This is a problem of modern, of 2023, like modern times is the paradox of choice and we're all overwhelmed Mm -hmm. and you know uh, someone farts in africa and we know about it instantly on instagram right so that's Mm -hmm. real neat but the (laughs) problem is that we also when we go to make a choice it could take five hours to buy a freaking vacuum cleaner Mm -hmm. um i saw a youtube video the other day from one of our favorite comedians who does a gig on how you go to review something on amazon and there's you know 1452 happy reviews but then you read the first three and they're almost for sure written by a bot. Yeah. So it's like, oh my God, you know, this can't get any more complicated. Like I just want to buy a freaking vacuum. Exactly. And I thought I was empowered to be able to have other people tell me what their experience was. But now even that's convoluted by people trying to take advantage of the system. Like stop gaming the system, people. Stop. <laughs> anyway, we can all make an honest living and help each other. Yes. <laughs> You're ruining the playground. So but it's the same problem, you know, okay, so I have my, some of my pile of cleaning products here that we can go through and I'm happy to grab those and we can look and see what, what yeah, I'm using. I think up. I'm, I think I've got a pretty good selection going, but I, I'm really looking forward to your expert opinion and seeing what you've got. And then maybe we can talk about your site and how it works and how people can navigate a little bit and start to um, negotiate the minefield of stuff. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, come on over. Right. Okay. Let me put these headphones down. I'll grab my stuff. Okay. So 
I'd say, I'd say we're probably on the better part of the curve for most of this stuff, but you'll be the, you're the expert. So you can tell me, but I'll start with something that I think is probably relatively benign. Okay. Let's see. Dr. Bronner's all okay. one peppermint okay. toothpaste. No, the ingredients off the top of my head and I can't read that. So I'm going to yeah, pull it's, up. Quickly. It's really small. They write, they cover their packaging with all the letters. Yes, they do. <laughs> They're a little I've, manifesto. Let's yeah. Look. I've used Dr. Bronner's for a long time. So we'll see how it's been treating me. It's, I think all of theirs are fluoride free, huh? I believe so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Most of the ingredients on here seem to be things that are recognizable. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you when I'm coaching my athletes on diet, I have a very simple rule. Like you want to simplify things. It's pretty easy. If you don't find it, you can't find it in a forest, on a farm, or in a stream, or an ocean, don't eat it. Exactly. Simplest Very rules good. ever. So This is pretty clean. This is great. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there are some natural toothpaste out there that I found that uh, it's a little tricky because I'll throw some organic ingredients in there. And then if you skim over, you think it's all safe. Um, but then they throw in sodium laurel sulfate, which should not even be in your cleaning products and you're putting it in your mouth now. So that's a good one to look out for. I, I mean, I could go on and on about all the conventional ones, but we'll focus more on like the natural stuff. Like once you've cut out all the conventional ones, what can you look for in terms of greenwashed products? And yeah. that's one I've seen that I was so floored by. Um, okay. Another one is natural flavors that those aren't so natural. It's the same. If you see it in toothpaste, it's the same that goes with food. It's um, There's no one regulating over what is a natural flavor. So um, they they say certain things are missing from it. We'll get, we'll get into it more when we talk about fragrance because the same thing applies. Um, but yeah, that's just something okay. to look out for, those two okay. things, toothpaste. Yeah. So natural flavors and um, yeast extract are basically licenses in foods are basically licenses to just dump a bunch of crap in there. Right. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. When you see that it's what's the word we're looking for. It's like a misnomer or a yeah. red uh, herring. No, it's not the right term, but yeah. If you, if you see it, you know that there are a lot of things hiding behind it. Yeah. yeah, we'll get yeah. Into it when we talk about fragrances, some of the other products, but okay. So here's that. one that's got some fragrances that is supposedly pretty natural. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, my wife and I just recently, we've been using this for a while. It's a hand soap that we put um, next to our sink in our kitchen. So mm -hmm. we use it all the time, you know, whenever we're cooking chicken or steak or whatever. And recently we refilled it and we realized that she has been cutting it with something else. And I didn't, I refilled it recently. I re, We have like a little hand dispenser that's nicer looking, whatever. And so I refilled it and we were both it took us a couple of days to figure out where the odor was coming from uh -huh. and the perfume in this is so strong and it's, I think it's relatively natural, but anyway, so this is Myers. Yeah. This is Myers clean day hand soap. And the fragrances listed here are, it says, it says fragrance, coumarin, geranol, limonene, and linalool. Mm -hmm. And then it has some other, unpronounceable chemicals. Um, it does have sodium, methyl two, 
Does it say fragrance and then in parentheses says yeah. those other things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So um, this is unfortunately one of those brands that is so greenwashed. So many okay. people think it's really safe. Uh, the fragrance that they are using is not. All those words that you're seeing are like components of a botanical source. So this is what happens with natural fragrance now um, in order for them to think that they're following the rules or act or greenwash them or way into showing that they're following the natural fragrance rules is they will start with a botanical source and then they'll use chemistry to pull it apart. And there's all these different chemicals in it. Now, when you found it in nature, in the flower, it's all together. It's all stable. The structure, the chemical structure is stable. You start taking it apart and you don't really know how it's going to react that way without having the structure that it's used to. So now all of a sudden these separate chemicals, when mixed with other things, when left on their own, turn into something quite toxic. And um, I think you intuitively knew this just when you smell the full strength version. Yeah. So it's like when we, I mean, you've trained your body so well in this way, but so many people I feel like need to lean more into this of like, if something smells not quite right, there's probably a reason why. And um, I mean, it was a little harder for you when it was being cut with something that was probably unscented. You know, you weren't smelling it as strong. But when you smell the full strength formula, it, you can tell there's like a synthetic smell to it. And uh, botanically fragranced things will not smell that strong. It's, you just can't have that much botanical stuff into yeah. a small space. Yeah. Um and then with these synthetic fragrances, they have petrochemicals in there too. So when they, a petrochemical, you think of petroleum, that's an oil. And when something's oil-based, it really sticks to things. It really coats things. Um, if you think of an oil stain on fabric, it's not easy to get out. It's mm -hmm. really on there. So that's like these fragrances. When you're using synthetic fragrances that have this pet petroleum base to it, they don't get out of things easily. So mm -hmm. Um, yeah, that that unfortunately is one of the brands that we we okay. really do avoid, and okay. mostly for their sourcing of fragrance or their use of um, okay. not very clean fragrance. That's good to know. Okay, we will we will expunge that from our system. <laughs> um, I, I mean, this makes me think of a really important concept, which is that I have a basic rule that I've applied to my life, and I encourage my clients to consider it in their lives as well. And it's really, it's also really simple. It's like my, if you can't find it in a farm or on a forest or in a stream rule, it's even bigger in scope. It's really simple. The, the further you get from nature, the more likely it is that your health will take a nosedive. And mm -hmm. you can apply that to almost anything in nature. Uh, and so one of the problems I think that we're faced with in modern society is that we are exposed to things like this all the time. And we're exposed to really crappy food. And if we live in an air-conditioned box all the time and we never sweat or we're never cold and we're not, our detoxifi detoxification, detoxification pathways are overloaded because of our lifestyle mm -hmm. and probably because of increased exposure to toxins in our environment, then what happens? Well, we have four major detoxification pathways and one of them is our sweat. So... Mm -hmm. You smell like ass all the time if you're not taking care of your body and you're eating poorly and you're drinking too much and you're not sleeping right and your hormones are screwed up, et cetera, et cetera. 
And so people then become self-conscious about that, that they smell. And it's more likely you're going to be in close proximity to other humans on a planet with 8 billion people. So they get hyper-conscious about it. So there are two problems that are that add on top of each other. One is our bodies are more toxic on average. And so we try to, instead of, but instead of trying to fix that at the root, it's far easier to just put perfumes and colognes and scented everything over it. But the second problem is that in this society where there's so many toxins and there are other people camouflaging their body odor or their smells of their car with, you know, air fresheners and this other garbage, then all of our senses are overwhelmed and super saturated all the time. So you walk past a flower and you can barely smell it. And this is a crime, right? I mean, our, our body should be finely tuned at picking up the smells of flowers or the pheromones of another person. We should be able to pick up on those, but when they're masked by one of our defense mechanisms too, like our sense of smell, like warns us, like that's, something that we shouldn't be around, but it's so masked. No, you're exactly right. I see this with people that um, have the plugins in their homes, like the air freshener plugins, and they start with one and one's good. But then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, they can't smell it anymore. Not because the oils run out, but just because their sense of smell is becoming deadened by it. Yeah. And so then they need two. And then you walk in their home and somebody who's been out in fresh air walks in and there's 10 plugins in one room. <laughs> there's, yeah, it's an assault yeah. to the senses. But what I've seen with so many of my clients and with our customers at Back to Basics is once they take out the synthetic fragrance from their lives, it's their sense of smell actually comes back Literally, and they are yeah. astonished at the things that they had been around that they couldn't smell before. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, some of them say it's, it's a curse because now they can smell things. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I mean, like we were talking about, it's one of our body's defense mechanisms. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's something that is supposed to function properly. You are supposed to be able to smell. Yeah. And we can see this in people who put on cologne or perfume and they they overdo it by a factor of eight or 12 because they're doing it for years. It's the same thing as the yeah. plugins in the room. It's like they started with one spritz. Now they can't smell it because they've been wearing it every day and it yeah. ends up with a whole bottle on them daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to some, they walk past me and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can feel my liver contract. It's like, yes. okay. <laughs> yeah, there are just so many toxins packed in there. Yeah. Dryer sheets. And cologne, I think, and deodorants are some of the worst offenders. And then the the thing you hang from your mirror, the little Christmas tree scented. I mean, I'll just say it point blank. Like in case you haven't figured this out at this point in the podcast, those things are toxic poison. Mm-hmm. Do not put those in your house or in your car. Don't. Ever. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Full okay, stop. cool. Okay, Full well, stop. we're on the topic of all these fragrance things. Let's get into yeah. that loophole just in case people aren't aware of it so when you see that word fragrance on an ingredients list this is a manufacturer's carte blanche to just throw whatever they want under that ingredient and you would think like oh no there's some government agency looking out for us that wouldn't allow this that's not true and the reason why is um they this actually started with Chanel with uh, their Chanel number number five perfume. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to release all the ingredients for it. And they said, well, no, because that's a proprietary formula. It's Chanel number five. Then anyone could make it. So, no, we can't do that. 
So they said, all right, that's fine. You don't have to do it. And no one else has to either then because they can't just make an exception for one big couture company. So now no one has to say what is actually in that word fragrance. So there are a lot of ingredients in there that I am quite sure if you saw it actually printed on your ingredients list, you would not use it. Things like formaldehyde and these petrochemicals and these parabens and phthalates that everyone's trying to avoid are all hidden under that word fragrance. So just by avoiding products that have that one word on there, you're doing your body so much good. You're releasing your toxic burden by so much just by wiping out the products that say fragrance on it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you for explaining that. So basically it's a loophole for manufacturers to stuff whatever they want in there and, and call it good, get away with it. And it's a way to dodge the regulatory actions that are in place, right? Exactly. I mean, if you think of it, um, in order to get the smell of jasmine, it takes tons and tons of beautiful jasmine flowers that have been harvested painstakingly, and it's very expensive. Or you could manufacture it synthetically, and it's quite cheap, and you get the same-ish smell, but it's very toxic. So a lot of these manufacturers rely on fragrance from these synthetic sources to cut costs. Um, But in order to get them to have this staying power, uh, they need to put in these chemicals that are very, very toxic to us and that our bodies uh, have a really hard time filtering out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. Just jotting down some notes here. Cool. Thank you. Uh, so another point that I want to make is that people might be asking at this point in the podcast, like, okay, Pierce, all right, Ashley, what's the big deal? Like, it's just a bunch of chemicals and how toxic can it be for you? Because you just said it yourself. You found jasmine in nature and that's, you know, air quotes, good for you. And this is part of my problem with these conversations. People tend to disney things. Mm-hmm. They tend to make them black and white. And there are black and white aspects to life. Like mm-hmm. what is the acceptable amount of mercury in the human body? Zero, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There, there are things that are black and white, but there are also a lot of things that are much more gray zone. So we, we mm-hmm. want the simple answer. Like, is it good for you? Is it bad for you? Okay. That's one problem. But Here's a thing that I don't think people quite recognize is when we take natural substances from the planet and we manipulate them and combine them, the more manipulation and more combining we do, the more processing we do, and the more pieces we take from weird places of the earth, the bigger the cost comes to human beings, to the environment, and then the downstream effect the, the toxic effect is likely higher of the use of that product at that moment. These are just general principles I've observed. And then the downstream effect, what you do with the remnants of that product are much harder because we made so much energy to assemble all those things in one place mm-hmm. to use them. And then once the life of that product is over, where does it go? And we have to think more beyond this, which is an example of what is this? This is just really expensive rocks. Mm-hmm. Rocks. <laughs> How many rocks are in this? Lots of rocks. Where do they come from? All different corners of the earth. Mm-hmm. Who got the rocks? I hate to say it, but probably 13 year old kids. Yeah. And then it was assembled at a factory that has nets outside the window. Like hard truth, right? Mm-hmm. And, and these are rare rocks. Mm-hmm. 
and we manipulated the crap out of them. Like we like lasered them and melted them and smelted them. And I don't know what else we did to them. I have no idea what we did. Like it's an insanely complex device. And even though it's off right now, it's probably recording me. Yeah. So then there's that, but so, okay. So now I have this thing and is this thing good for me? All these rocks, like those rocks, when they're all in the separate parts of the earth, they're probably not doing me any harm. And even if I walk past one of them that's in here, or maybe if I even ingest a tiny bit of one of them, mm-hmm. probably not ideal, but depends on which one. Mm-hmm. But when I put them all in one place, if I ate this, obviously problematic. And even it being next to my body arguably is problematic. But what happens to it in the next 100 years when I'm done with it and I throw it away? What does away mean? Well, now we've assumed. So you see, and it's the same problem with chemicals. It's the same problem when we mine dead dinosaurs from different parts of the earth and we combine them with weird flower essences that then we manufacture in a lab and blah, 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 which are other made from other dinosaurs. And, And so the more manipulation we do of things, the more likely it is that product will be come at a cost to our health. Mm-hmm. and the health of the planet. So when you're aware of that as a consumer, it can make it can help you make choices. Now, I still own one of these because I'm living in 2023 and have business, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I just want to highlight I that. Mean, really, it's, it's all a choice. Like There's only so much that we have um, authority over. And uh, like I said, with a lot of these things aren't this, smokestack from the factory down the street that are detrimental to our health. It's things that we're bringing into our own environments. So if we start there, I mean, this is where we spend most of our time in the environments that we actually have authority over, our homes, our cars. That's where most of our time is. Can we control every Uber we get into, every airplane, every hotel we go to? No. I mean, my mission is to do that for you all. But in the meantime, like, yes, we have these little bubbles that we spend most of our time in. So let's make those the most optimal condition possible for our bodies to thrive. So I, I always look at it with laundry detergent. Laundry detergent is a, is like the bane of my existence convention. Uh, Is it, is it your free and clear or is it scented? Uh, Oh, it should be free and clear. Yeah. Lemongrass. Oh, it is lemongrass. Oh, yeah. So um, they're they're busted. Mrs. Myers' camp of not okay fragrance in there. But anyway, so laundry detergent like this. Uh, I and I mean, of course, there's a scale. Can you do better? Can you do worse? Yes, of course. Yes, you right. could do better. Yes, there are things that are way more toxic. Would I rather see you using that than? Um, I won't name all the brands, but you know, yeah. them. they're bright, they're colorful, they're in your yeah. local drugstore. Yeah. Uh, so with these la- conventional laundry detergents, this is something that is so profoundly pervasive in our lives. You think about it, you have a washer and dryer in your house, you're doing your load of laundry, it's kicking out all that, all of those chemicals into the air around you. It is, you are breathing it in. It is saturating your clothes with it. Yes. It is getting heated up too, especially in the dryer. That changes the chemical structure of it, which actually makes your body more readily absorb those toxic chemicals. Now you take your clothes, your sheets, all of these things that you've just washed out of there, you are wearing it on your body. No, our skin is not impervious. Our skin is our biggest organ. We absorb things through it. So you're wearing these chemicals on your skin all day long, absorbing them in. You go out on a nice hike in nature. You think you're getting fresh air. 
the whole time your body is heating up, heating up these chemicals, releasing them, you're breathing them in, you're absorbing them into your bloodstream through your skin. You come home, you go to bed in your bed sheets that are all laced with the same chemicals from that laundry detergent. I mean, do you ever get a break from it? <laughs> right. No, that's so, that's why people are so overloaded and toxic and inflamed and have chronic disease. Well, it's one, one explanation, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Just your body is never given a break from it. Mm -hmm. So then you talk to people that are like, okay, I get it. It's toxic. I'll switch it out when I'm done using up these bottles of the toxic <laughs> things I already have. I'm right. like, okay, no, you've been shown the light and no, it's not just that, okay, when I'm done, then I'll start detoxing. What's really happening is think of your body as like, a vase or a bottle, and you're filling it up with all these toxins and your toxic burden is getting higher and higher the more that you're putting in. And yeah. what happens is we have these amazing filtration organs inside of us, our liver, our kidneys, they are working nonstop to get rid of all the toxic stuff we're putting in. But if we are putting it in at a rate faster than it can expel it, then it will start to back up. It will... Whoa. Yes. Yeah, like a bathtub. Yeah. Our, our toxic burden is to a point where our bodies can't handle it. So no, don't use up the rest of the conventional products you have. Like now that you have this information, make the change now. So you can start lowering that toxic burden and your body can begin to heal itself. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. It's like, as soon as you have that info, how can you not act on it? Right. That's, that's how I feel. But some people need to see it. Another thing I hear a lot is, uh, oh, well, there's some people that have chemical sensitivities that, and they're the ones that just need to avoid it. Right. So right. we all have, we all have chemical sensitivities. Sensitivity <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, humans aren't supposed to be exposed to that. It's just that some people express it differently than others. So there are a lot of different reasons for this. Some may have other issues with their filtration organs, so it's coming out in very visible ways. Others might just have very strong um, filtration organs that are pushing it out before it can even settle in the body. Those are the lucky ones. The yeah. ones that are sneezing it out, snotting it when they're in a room with synthetic candles and air fresheners, getting a headache. That's all their body being like, whoa, this is not what I'm used to get me out of here. And it's expelling it from their systems. And then there's the people that are like, well, I've been using this for 60 years and I'm fine, but it is settling into your body in ways that you probably can't see. And not to be alarmist, I never into the whole like instilling fear into people, but you do need to be aware that it's still having an effect, whether you can see it on the outside or not, your body's doing something with it. And if, like we said, you've reached that toxic threshold, then mm -hmm. it's being stored in your bodies and creating disease in ways that you just can't see yet, but will. Mm. Yeah. And I, I definitely have had that discussion with people. And I think part of the, the challenge there is how people conceptualize problems, right? So they come to you with health problem. And what they're looking for is a singular cause of that problem. Yeah. But most people aren't thinking that it can actually be that there are multiple things contributing to that problem. And this is what we're talking about is the total toxic load on your body or really the total stress load on your body. Mm -hmm. All stress summates. So well, a great example is exactly what happened to me when I was dropped mm -hmm. on my head. That 
wasn't the only causative factor that wound me up in a wheelchair and unable to work or sit up to eat or take care of myself. Like what, what happened was, is that was like a chink in my armor. Like, yeah, I was an invincible 20 something going through life, like never had a health issue, but then that was a chink in my armor that let all these other things settle in deeper and create an issue like the toxic laundry detergent I was using and the all purpose cleaners and air fresheners. And I, I mean, I, I, I wasn't to the full extreme. Like I had a mom that intuitively knew like we should eat organic. I don't know why, but we just should. So I, I mean, I had a leg up in some sense, but still there were things in my life that were quite toxic that were now allowed to affect me because of that. In the athletes that I worked with, I've seen that happen a lot too, where something will happen, some type of injury that will allow other things to come in then. And then it just seems like, what happened? My body's unraveling now. And it was just that all those problems were were right there. They were right there ready to, to create, to uh, unleash their havoc. But this one little incident happened that gave Chips them the Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the straw that broke the camel's back, or in your case, it was more like the baseball bat when you got trapped on your head. Mm-hmm. Right. But those underlying factors were still there. And then, as you said, now your body can't handle that total load. Yeah. And it, it'll manifest in strange ways too. Like I've also had athletes that are convinced that they did something. I can't remember how I did this, but I must've broken a rib or I must've like broken my toe or strained something in my hip. And it is just from the exposure to toxins. Mm-hmm. Like that's the wild thing. And yep. they can even see it when they do x-rays and stuff. They'll see an actual problem. And just by healing from that toxic load, the problem will go away. It'll go away because the body restores balance. Exactly. And the conventional yeah. medicine world is like, what did you do? This is a miracle. How did this happen? It's like, no, it's not. The body's <laughs> performing miracles like this every second of the day. Like, but you could just see the doctor's look on his face when you go to him and you're like, well, I changed my laundry detergent to unscented yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that healed my knee. And he's like, you are high. <laughs> exactly. You're like, actually no. I was before. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It just, it gives your body a, a, a profound strength, you know, mm-hmm. being able to, to not have kryptonite in it all the time. It's just like, give it this clean canvas so that it can perform. Mm-hmm. Good. I love it. Yes. Doesn't everyone want to unleash their profound strength? <laughs> I certainly do. Now that I've seen the possibilities, I'm never going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's some stuff you can't unsee, right? No. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I, whenever I am exposed to people who are still using, I think one of the most toxic ones is dryer sheets, like you said, because you heat it up in the dryer and it's just coating your clothes in these perfumes. And it's so pervasive when you walk through the neighborhood, our neighborhood, I can smell the people that use dryer sheets. You can smell it from three houses away and it's just wafting. If they have their dryer on, it's really strong. Mm -hmm. And when your senses are, I'll say my sense of smell is, it used to be pretty bad when I was younger. Now it's better. But now when I smell those, it just hits me like someone threw a pile of rocks in my face. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. Um, Not, and intuitively, instinctively to me, that's not, This is the discerning part I think people have to understand is sometimes they smell a smell that's an artificial smell, cologne or whatever, and they think, oh, that smells nice. Mm -hmm. But we have to use a little bit of of discernment in the experience of that sensory input. 
there's nowhere in nature you're going to smell ice smell like that. So that goes back to our removal from nature concept. But also it's the the volume or the the volume of that smell is turned up so high for someone who does have a good sense of smell. That should be your alert. Like, okay, this smells like nothing I've ever smelled before. And yes, well, it might be intriguing. We were talking about before with um, deadening your sense of smell. So then yeah. the people that are saying, oh, this synthetic perfume or cologne or deodorant smells great are the ones that have deadened it to the point where that's all they can smell. Yeah. So yeah, it, it does smell like all they're picking up are the florally or woodsy smell that it's supposed to have. But really, once you allow your senses to become clear, what like for me now, what I smell when I smell something like that is the underlying chemicals i can actually smell like the chemicals underneath that yeah. florally yeah. whatever pumpkin spice yeah. smell <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean we think about our environment and how we're onslaughted like okay we're on computers right now i have iris software on mine to take some of the blue light out even during the day but the the amount of blue light and the flicker and leds and now homes are all working with leds we're, we're slowly replacing our lights we found this great company called norb that makes lights that have a reduced le reduced blue Oh, that's amazing. It's a really amazing product. We're we're slowly replacing all the bulbs in our in our home and the key places, especially at night if I am up past mm -hmm. sunset, which happens from time to time. Mm -hmm. And then so you think about light exposure, most many people, probably most people in modern society are blue light toxic. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you shine a blue light in their iris, it won't really respond. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. So you get you you overexpose the body to smells, to toxic light, to toxic to sounds, you know, you go to movie theaters all the time and the speakers are ramped up to 1 billion decibels, whatever, and you've got high def sound hitting you from all sides. And, you know, while the Hulk is fighting Iron Man or whatever, and then we're being annihilated visually with this huge screen and we go home and we're sitting in front of these huge screens. And then we go out to restaurants and even a lot of our local restaurants, there are a lot of farm to table restaurants we eat in Boulder, but it seems like in the last five years, they've all trended towards, they don't just have a simple, like a steak and, you know, a salad. It's like everything has to be ancho chili ramped up, you know, nuked mm -hmm. with such and such peppers and this sauce, mm -hmm. like everything has to be up to a volume of nine. And I feel like chefs even, sorry, this is a little off topic, but hopefully related chefs even are pressured to to ramp up the flavor profile of their cooking even farm to table restaurants because they're probably competing with all these other areas of our life that are assaulting our senses with mm -hmm. such ramped up levels of everything yeah that if they don't do that if you don't give you a plate of nachos with five different spices and 19 different colors on it you're going to be like, well, this is kind of boring. I don't know. Let's go to the Mexican place and put hot sauce on everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just that ADD culture. We're used to it from our phones and like being able to see anything we want at any given time. And, oh, we're bored of that. We'll switch that out. And yep. yeah, it's just retraining our senses and slowing dopamine. things down. Dopamine, dopamine, dopamine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are you familiar with this one? This is my mouthwash. I'm not. No. They, they use a lot of essential oils in this. Um, so um, I'll just say in general, uh, I don't know with them, but I'll give a little education on essential oils. So um, this is such an unregulated um, industry, the essential oil market. The thing that I've found to get the 
closest to Puracy is finding organic essential oils. Mm-hmm. And just because there there are actually, I, it's not perfect by any means, but there are actually things, markers they need to hit to and um, standards of Puracy in order to get that certification. USDA or certified organic or certified by some um, reputable a certification company, not just on the label saying they're organic, because <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. that happens a lot too. Now, the ones that are just claiming to be pure, aromatherapeutic grade, any of that, um, those are all just them saying that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really hard to regulate over. And yes, they can have the best of intentions. Some do, some don't. So it's very hard to actually know what's in that and where they're sourcing from. And so many source from so many different places that some are good, some aren't aren't good. So yeah. it I've found it difficult to we're we're very specific about um, the essential oils that we use in any of the products that we make um, for that reason. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with Dr. Nick Berry? No, I'm not. Uh, he has a website called Essential Oil Wizardry, and I have a bunch of his products over here, and I use them, and I, I think he's the real deal. He's got oh. some really amazing essential oils. Oh, what's his name again? Uh, Dr. Nick Berry. I'll grab a bottle real quick. Okay, yeah. His company is called Essential Oil Wizardry. And here's a bottle of that. Awesome. Okay, I'm looking him up. He does a lot of really good, nice blends. This one's called Positive Transmission. This guy's a raging, raging hippie. Love it. I love it. <laughs> okay, so, I'll look him up after. <gasps> he's got great stuff. Um, so anyway, I, I use his products. I have no association with him, but I use his stuff and I believe in it. So just thought I'd give him a, a shout. I put his stuff in my diffuser sometimes and I'll just use it wherever appropriate, before meditation, etc. So, um, okay, so that's... That's our mouthwash commentary. May I just read some of these ingredients to you? Yes, you may. Uh, Deionized water, vegetable glycerin, extracts of echinacea, another echinacea, gudo cola, pure essential oils of peppermint, thyme, cinnamon, bark, eucalyptus, globulus, and lavender plant saponins. That's it. Um, So does it say those are organic oils or not? It doesn't. No. No. That would be my first concern. The other concern I have with, especially with putting essential oils in your mouth or ingesting them, I I, I don't ever uh, recommend ingesting essential oils, um, yeah. but it, putting them in your mouth even, it, they are very potent and you should look at it like a medicine. So a medicine, uh, uh, like the way that I approach homeopathy, like you don't need the same thing every day. Your body's in a different state. Your body is healing differently. So when you're using something that powerful or potent, like an essential oil in your mouth, if you're using that daily, like maybe your body doesn't need that every day. Yeah. Maybe it was good for a certain period of time or every so often, or when this symptom comes up or when your mouth's like this or that. And the the way that I would figure that out is through bioenergetic testing. But you can also tap into your intuition of like, does this make sense for me every day, you know, and, and, um, mm-hmm. yeah. And once you eliminate some of the other, um, fragrances from your life, you'll probably get even more of a sense of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Cool. So then on that same topic related is one second. Yeah. Hold sure. On. Okay. Thanks.
our bunny was doing something noisy with her cage. <laughs> <laughs> Wants mom's attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So another product that we've used a fair amount, and we take this on planes. We sometimes even are so proactive as to wipe down armrests and tray tables and things. And sometimes I take it to hotels is a lot of people aren't familiar with this, but uh, if you know it, you'll know it. It's the thieves line of stuff. They've, this is a foaming hand soap, but they have mouthwash. They've got bar soap. They have sprays. They've got lozenges. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of known in the hippie community, right? Yeah. If you're, if you're uh, in that thing, this is a product from Young, Young Living, Living Essential Oils. Yeah. Young Living and doTERRA fall into the same camp for me. I, there are many evangelists for them out there. So mm-hmm. I don't really even like talking about it because people get very defensive and close their ears immediately. But I have done a lot of testing on it. There, If you do some extensive research on it, there are a lot of controversies and third-party tests that have been run that they don't release that show that their oils aren't as pure as you would hope. Okay. And um, so I don't recommend their product. I don't use them personally. Um, okay. And and if you look like just like I was saying about the other essential oils, they're they're not organic. Like there's no yeah. one really looking over to see. Um, and of course, this falls into the camp too. Of um, uh, is there something worse? Is there something better? Yes. Like you're you're not doing the worst of the worst, but can you find better? And and especially, it's not like it's a cheapo product. Like it mm-hmm. it's it is you could definitely find better for the price. I'll put it. Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. Um, uh, and, and if you're looking for something like that, like this, this is that exact reason why I created cleaner than clean. So, um, I was looking for something that really had, and what I do love about essential oils, like if you find a really good quality one is that a lot of them naturally do have antiseptic properties, which is amazing. But uh, when I was looking for something in this category of like, um, like you were saying, you're using it on the plane, I imagine to clean up your space, like give yourself a neutral environment there. So when you look at the market for something like an all-purpose cleaner, a multi-purpose spray, something that you can use on um, on the daily uh, uh, for a cleaner, I just couldn't find anything that had both areas of, yes, it works really well, and it is also non-toxic. It was either one or the other. Everything I was looking mm-hmm. at was either, oh, great, this is made with uh, organic essential oils, but it's not really doing much, or it will blast away every pathogen you can imagine, but it's super toxic for you. Right. And so um, this is actually when we started everything else at Back to Basics, we had curated from other brands, uh, like I was talking about the process we go through of really getting into their ingredients and their sourcing. But um, this was one area I just could not find something. So this is when we decided to make it ourselves. So with Cleaner Than Clean, it is really is an anomaly. It works to the grade of hospital hospital cleaners, but it is so completely safe and non-toxic that you can use it on everything from your toothbrush to my baby's pacifier. I use it on the daily. Uh, it's that safe for you, but also that powerful. Um, and what I really like about it too is that it doesn't have a fragrance to it. 
So especially for those people trying to regain their sense of smell, for people that do have sensitivities to smell, um, it will actually get rid of odor from the source too. So you're not covering it up with something like. uh, Such a critical concept. I mean, this is the essence of people who are toxic and smell bad. They're just covering, they're just adding layers. Like, I just want to let everyone know when you douse yourself in cologne and your BO smells nasty, (laughs) we can still smell it. (laughs) It's just a cacophony of disastrous odors, right? It's not anything better. No, no. Same thing goes for people's homes and cars and gym bags and sneakers. They're just covering it up with these smells. But I mean, this cleaner than clean really gets down to my core mission as a human. Like I can't imagine a product that could encompass it any better because it really does get rid of the mess and the odor from the source and it gives you a clean slate to work with. Mm. So um, there is a very popular air freshener out there that I won't call out by name, but they um, have made a proprietary molecule that is not biodegradable that actually encapsulates encapsulates bacteria and odor. Um, So it puts like a little non-biodegradable shell around whatever disgusting thing was there that was creating odor. Now it is still in your environment. It is still there. Terrible idea. Right? (laughs) It's everywhere. Uh, Yeah. Um, They're even putting it into laundry detergents now. Of course. So now all of a sudden, the more you spray this, your home is just filled with these little bubbles of disgusting things inside of it, Um, but like a plastic shell over it that uh, will be there forever because it doesn't biodegrade. Mm -hmm. So um, cleaner than clean is actually one of the only things I know of that can take that apart. It will actually take apart other toxic chemicals too. So say that somebody has been spraying a lot of air fresheners, they um, have been burning synthetic fragrance candles and wearing perfume, and they listened to our podcast and they said, oh my gosh, what have I been doing to myself? (laughs) Like, how do I reverse all this? Using Cleaner Than Clean will not only stop you from using more of the toxic stuff, but will actually start to help those things dissipate that um, have been built up in your environment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So tell me a bit about the ingredients on this, which I will read to everyone because it's a pretty simple list. Yeah. (laughs) Electrolyzed oxygenated water, 99.99%, 0.01% hypochlorous acid. Will you tell us what hypochlorous acid is? For sure. So uh, you don't need a lot of it because it is very powerful, but it is actually something that is in our own bodies. So our immune systems use it as a response to invading pathogens. So say that we start to get a cold or a flu or we get a cut and it starts to get infected with bacteria our white blood cells will come to our defense and start making hypochlorous acid. So that's where we see it in our systems. So it really is just relying on biotechnology. It's looking at our systems, like how do we respond when there's an invading pathogen? So we also see this in nature when lightning strikes the ocean, when it hits salt water, it creates hypochlorous acid for a second. 
but then it dissipates and goes away. So we are doing exactly what nature is doing. We are electrolyzing, sending an electrical current like lightning through salt water. It scrambles up the molecules. And when they recombine in a more solid um, form than what you see when lightning hits the water, um, we can actually bottle this hypochlorous acid and make it shelf stable, which is pretty incredible. So that is the reason why it's so safe for humans. It's already in us. Our immune systems are already using it. So everyone from pets to babies to adults, anyone um, has this ingredient in them already. And it's hypoallergenic. It is non-toxic to everyone. Okay. So cleaner than clean clean is a great name, but why didn't you name it lightning ocean? That would have been cool. (laughs) That would have been a cool issue. Why would when I was naming them. <laughs> Lightning Ocean. I'm sure someone else would have talked yeah. sense into us. Um, okay, cool. That's awesome. So we can spray that on surfaces. We could spray it on vegetables before we before we cut our lemons to put, go in our lemon water or exactly. our broccoli before we steam it. Yep, you got it. Yeah, it's an amazing fruit and veggie wash. You can actually pour a little bit in it, like 50-50 with purified water or filtered water um, and soak your berries in it. It'll actually help preserve them um, because it's getting rid of the things that are creating mold on on your fruits and vegetables. Um, Yeah, it's an amazing fruit and veggie wash and obviously food safe. So you can spray your cutting boards if you've done any animal proteins on it, if you've done any Anything that can create salmonella buildup or E. coli, spray it down on there. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing for soft surfaces as well, though. So, of course, spray it all over the kitchen, all over the bathroom, all the hard surfaces, but also on pet beds and carpets and couches. Like It'll deodorize and clean all of those things. Mm. I I actually, every time I change my sheets on my bed or my daughter's crib, I spray it down because I never knew how to clean a mattress before. Like, what do you right. do? With it? <laughs> like yeah. bring in professional cleaners, but who does that? So now every time I just um, douse it with some cleaner than clean and uh, put the sheets back on. Okay. And okay. Um, another amazing use for it is uh, for anything that's dry clean only. Dry cleaning is very toxic. They use some pretty nasty yeah. chemicals for in dry cleaning. Yeah. Even the ones that say they're eco-friendly and all of that, they're using a version of the same evil. So um, I now anything dry clean only, I just spray down with cleaner than clean and leave it out in the sun. And it is better than any dry cleaning service I have okay. ever used. Okay. And uh, the, the last one that I really love that people don't automatically think to use it for is you can actually use it in your essential oil diffuser or in a humidifier and it will clean the surrounding air better than an air purifier. Mm. So, so it was an airborne scrubber. Exactly. Especially yeah. d- during cold and flu season. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so for my cyclists, also, I notice people like one thing we, people tend to forget to wash their shoes, their cycling shoes or their helmets. So sometimes I'll bring my helmet in the shower when I'm done with the ride and I'll just use my Dr. Bronner's hand soap to wash it down. But, um, and sometimes you need that because the straps actually get like salt on them from sweating from summer rides. But it sounds like this would be a great product to spray in our helmets to keep them fresh, to keep, uh, to keep shoes from getting quite so gnarly if your shoes get stinky, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um, I run in my V room five fingers a lot and I, I wash those a fair amount. You have to, but yeah. Spray in between or even after a wash, you know, it's going to help it more than just washing it well. So yeah, yeah. when it's drying, give it a little spritz and let it air dry on it. You don't even have okay. to, to wipe it down. And do you need to shake it up before you use it or is it already just good to go ready to use? Okay. Bottle. Okay. That's good to know. Okay, cool. Awesome. And then will you take a moment to just tell people a bit about your website? Also, like, I think this, this swap guide is really interesting. And, and one concept I'll preamble that question with is that it might be easier for people to listen to our conversation and maybe feel a little overwhelmed because they go through their house and they realize like, Oh crap, I've got Tide and I've got, you know, dryer sheets and I've got soap that's got scented this and I've got candles and everything. So I mean, on the one hand, like Ashley and I are here to, to be your biggest advocate, like go just get rid of all that stuff immediately. You bought it. Okay. Now, you know, better it's got to go somewhere, figure out a way to dispose of it as responsibly as possible and then be done and then start over from scratch. But people aren't always willing or able to do that. So that's okay. But the concept is really important. Like just make better choices when you can, right? Start to educate yourself about ingredients, go to Ashley's site. They've got a lot of, a big learning site a big learning section on their site. It's, it's back to basics.com, right? Dot shop. Back dot to shop. Shop. Mm-hmm. Back to basics.shop. So they've got different info on here. They've got a FAQ. They've got clean living guides, things like that. So take, take a few minutes and read a bit about this and understand the, the, the most actionable ways for you to move the dial initially. And then once you start to feel better and you begin to see how living in a non-toxic environment helps you feel better, then that's motivation. That's what Paul would refer to as a rainbow bridge. It's like somebody's drinking 12 beers a night. You don't tell them to go to zero, but maybe we can save the 12 beers for Saturday and Sunday and we just drink three for the other nights a week. And then you feel so much better Monday through Friday and you work better. And then, then you begin to see, right? So Exactly. And you got to start somewhere. And my advice to, I mean, there are the people that are going to go all in and after listening to this, just throw away everything that has a potential toxic ingredient in it. And like Colby said, like go to our site, like there's a lot of guides on there that can help you do that if you are one of those people. But if you want to start small, if you want to start somewhere, Cleaner Than Clean is an amazing place to do that because it replaces so many other products. So you're not having to do the research and make the investment in a million different cleaning products. Products. Like mm-hmm. get rid of the air freshener, this will replace it. Get rid of the multi-purpose cleaner, this will replace it. Like you can replace so many things. And we on our website, we show everything that you can um, replace it with too. Your bathroom cleaners, like your shower cleaners, all that can get thrown out and just replaced with one bottle. So do that. Swap out your laundry detergent. If you do those two things alone, your toxic burden will be lowered so much that you will feel the effects from it. Mm-hmm. And you'll be able to start recovering from there. And like Colby said, like start there and then you'll, it'll get addicting. You'll want to do the next thing. Cause you feel so much better. Like mm-hmm. feeling good feels good. Like, yes. And you want to keep going with it. Yep. Yep. Okay. So two tough ones then. What about, we have pretty hard water in Colorado. I, my shower frequently has like hard water scaling on it, I guess is what you call it. Right. It's like the white chalky stuff that gets all around the bottom of the shower is is cleaner and clean capable of dealing with that? Is there a stronger version that I need or do I just use a sponge? And then the second one is what the hell do we do with ovens? Like cleaning ovens is an unsolvable problem. It seems like, and my wife is an amazing cook. She makes, she does, uh, we get chickens from 
either Locavore, which is a company that sources from local farms and they ship to your door, or we get them from um, Wild Pastures. Mm-hmm. And she gets them, they're pre-spatchcocked uh, mm-hmm. and she roasts them and she put, uses all this um, butter and herbs and stuff. And they're amazing. But the and butter goes... Dinner. <laughs> <laughs> come on over. And But the butter goes flying everywhere. So the oven's a mess afterwards. So, and w- some ovens have a self-clean feature, which is like beyond broil temperature. I think it's like mm-hmm. 550 degrees or something. Mm-hmm. And we've had multiple instances ourselves and other people we know who have tried that. And what happens is a lot of modern ovens have that as a feature, but the, the temperature is so hot, it fries the circuits in the oven. Mm-hmm. So you break your own oven when you use the self-clean feature. And your only other choice seemingly is to use like off or some of these e- oven off or easy off or whatever it is, which I mean, talk about a toxic chemical, like that stuff. There's just no way. It's like this heavy duty foaming crap, right? So for the oven, we actually have something amazing that we haven't released yet that is going to be an incredible solve for that because clean and clean is not um, a surfactant. So that means it doesn't have anything bubbling, degreasing in it. It's more of like your everyday spray. So we have something that pairs with that, um, that will be an amazing duo, but it's not out yet. In the meantime, time um we have it's actually an oxygen whitener um so no bleach in it it's made by meliora it's on our site um it's intended for laundry purposes but i find it there's like no greasy match for it like you can use that in your oven with a little bit of um, white vinegar Okay. Uh, make a little slurry of it, put it on whatever you need to le- let it set for a few minutes and things just wipe off just of wipe it. Off. Okay. Yeah, pretty incredible. That's a great tip. Um, And actually the same goes for your shower too. And if you're having that issue, um, are you using a filter in your shower? I am currently and that helps, but no. Okay, yeah, that should help. But um, even still, this the same thing that I mentioned for the oven, you can do in the shower as well. Just like vinegar mixture with the oxygen whitener, leave it for a few minutes and it should wipe off. Okay, cool. That's great to know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, is there anything else you want to share about your site and how to use it, how people should navigate? Yeah, like you mentioned, the swaps guide is a great place to start because we really try and show you why you want to make those swaps too. We also list some of the symptoms that you might be seeing from exposure to some of those products. Um, I Yeah, I have a lot of experience just with all my client work of seeing what chemicals are related to which symptoms. Um, so just for a little quick tidbit, just for anyone that's experiencing some of these things, we'll go into fragrance. It's a tough one because like we talked about, there's so many ingredients under that one name, but a lot of what I would see is um, rashes and that's your body trying to get a toxin out of you. So no, don't put a cortisone cream on it to drive the problem deeper into your body, let it out, but let's get rid of the root reason why your body's expressing in that way. First off, Mm -hmm. Um, another thing I see is insomnia from fragrance. And I, a lot of that's attributed to it's in your bed sheets. You're sleeping with it. I'll notice sometimes if I go to hotels now that have certain, yeah, I cannot sleep. That's a huge problem. It's like like other people's dander in the pillow and then a bunch of dryer (laughs) sheets and chemicals on the, yeah. 
yeah, it's a big one. I travel everywhere with, uh, it depends how long I'm gone for, but at least two of those 32 ounce bottles of cleaner than clean. Cause yeah. blast it throughout the hotel room and it'll get rid of those odors from the chemicals and yep. also actually clean what you're sleeping in. Mm -hmm. But I'm also the nut that brings my own sheets to hotel rooms and all <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I'm a little next level. Hotels are, um, I mean, when you think about it, it's, it's a messy problem. Gross. It's a gross. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the other thing is endocrine disruption. So hormonal imbalance, which you'll see in both men and women. Um, that's another thing I've seen a lot of with fragrance um, exposure, uh, infertility issues, uh, miscarriage, all of that can can be related to the endocrine disruption. Our, our hormones are such a delicate balance in our bodies. That's one of those things that we're trying to tweak with the conventional medicine that just doesn't make sense to like our bodies know better than we do. Yeah. Um, and, uh, migraines, chronic migraines. I see a lot with exposure to fragrance. Um, and, uh, let's see, what's another big one. Oh, uh, post-nasal drip, chronic post-nasal drip. People think they have allergies and really it's just exposure to synthetic fragrance. So th those are the big ones. If you have any of those, I would really take a look at all the fragrance that you have in your immediate environment and, mm -hmm. and toss it. But uh, for a more detailed approach, take a look at our site, look at that swap guide, and it'll give you some ideas of symptoms and trying to pair them with uh, different chemicals that you might be exposed to. Okay. Outstanding. Well, uh, thank you so much, Ashley, for taking the time to chat with everyone today and educate us and go through my pile of stuff here. We didn't get to everything, but I will use your website as a resource and take another look. You know, I feel like, I don't know, after, well, I'll, I'll go through my ingredients list and I'll give myself a grade and I'll mm -hmm. put it in the outro of this pod. But right now I'm going to give myself like a B minus based on what our conversation has um, the big one being the Myers Day and then our laundry. So I actually thought this was unscented. So that's inexcusable. <laughs> but live and learn. Um, so this goes to show you. And here's another one. Ecos, we have the dish soap, which is grapefruit. Yeah. <laughs> now you less, know. Less scent. <laughs> Everything doesn't need to have scent. We have plenty of nice sense going on. Okay. Um, so one more time, let's tell everyone where they can reach you. And we have a code also for our listeners. Yes. Um, back to basics.shop. And wonderful. Yeah. Your special code is for a discount on cleaner than clean, which is the do everything spray. And it's Pierce 10 for 10% off cleaner than clean. Wonderful. Thank you so much for doing that. So if you guys want to try out your cleaner than clean, I recommend you go to back to basics.shop and use the code for 10% off and try it out. Try it for yourself. That's always the best way to know if it works. That's the truth. Oh, yeah. thanks for me, Colby. This is so fun. Thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Okay, space monkeys. Here's my outro. I told you I would grade my own cleaning products based on what I learned from Ashley and her website. And I give myself honestly a B minus, maybe a C plus. There was more junk in my house than I thought. And I'm like a raging hippie. So that was a good lesson for me. 
but I have gone on a bit of a cleanse. I'm on a cleanse, you know, not eating gluten. What movie is that from? And I took all the products away from my bath area, which had fragrances. Now I've been using Dr. Bronner soaps forever, and those are clear according to Ashley's analysis. And I think the dental herb uh, mouthwash that I've been using is questionable by her standards. That's fine. I can live with that for now. I do alternate or rotate in some other products in that respect for mouthwash. But the other stuff I've been using is pretty clean. I did have some shampoos that had a few fragrances in there and I had noticed those and I hadn't really been thrilled about it. And this was good conviction for me to just be done with it. I will also tell you that I've been using the back to basics cleaner around the house and I'm really enjoying it. I think it is a solid product and there's a lot of peace in mind in knowing that you can clean something and then also eat it if you had to like wash your vegetables with it. I think that's great. So I've been spraying it on my phone. I've been spraying it on my wallet. I've been spraying it on all over the bathroom, kitchen sink, fridge. I'm sure that some of you have caught wind of the idea that the kitchen can be dirtier than your bathroom in some cases. And I think this just comes down to the fact that we don't necessarily expect our kitchen to be dirty. We expect our bathroom to be dirty, but we use our kitchens a lot. I mean, if you're a person who cooks, kitchens get hammered and there's food flying all over the place. Don't get me started on how architectural choices complicate this problem. Like grout is the worst invention on the planet. Maybe it's not as bad as leaf blowers, but it's a terrible, terrible idea. There is less than no reason to put a porous substance like grout in your kitchen and then have to use grout sealer on it. Like how backward is this thinking? Just engineer the thing to be seamless from the beginning. Anyway, I digress for sure. Also looking at some of our cleaning products and I'll say this brings up a topic, which is that whenever you go to make life changes, sometimes you have to consider the people you live with and may, may not always be, we'll say as receptive to your newfound ideas and hippie ideologies to get rid of all the cleaners in your house that have fragrances. So there've been some domestic discussions on this front and some of those have led to different outcomes, but I'm going to be using laundry soap without any scent and I'm using soaps, hand soaps without any scent. And I've always used lotions and soaps in the shower without scent. That's the Dr. Bronner's. Well, they are scented, but they've got natural, actual natural products in them. So I encourage you to dig into this journey and you could look at this as a bit of a project to take on. If you suspect that your system might be challenged or overloaded by toxic products that you have in your home, it's a little more difficult than diet in some senses to get rid of, but you, you would use the same basic protocol. So whenever people are trying to figure out if they have a food sensitivity, or if you have a food allergy, you probably already know, but it's possible you could have a food allergy and not know it rather than going to a doctor and paying for a test. You can instigate your own very simple protocol. And that is an elimination diet. So if you want to know if you're gluten intolerant, eat not a single molecule of gluten for three weeks straight, and then go out one day and decide to end the trial or actually begin the trial rather and have pancakes for breakfast and pizza for lunch and pasta for dinner and see what happens. And you'll know real quickly if you're gluten intolerant. I would be careful if you do the same thing with dairy because you can actually end up with crippling bowel pain in the middle of the night at about 3 a.m. You might think you need to go to the emergency room if you overdo it with the dairy, if you go through the same protocol. So be cautious with that one. You just need some and probably you don't really need to go nuclear with the wheat either. You can just have one meal and notice. And if you're paying attention, you'll feel it. 
And the symptoms can include for glute, gluten intolerance, brain fog, bloatedness around your abdomen, a lack of core control, uh, runny stools, gas, a sensation of bloating, uh, achiness in the joints, which would normally appear 12 to maybe 24, maybe 48 hours later, especially in a chronically achy joint. So, or really any other symptom that's out of line with your ordinary healthy function. So for three weeks, you're feeling pretty good. And then you go have your gluten trial and you suddenly have an achy knee or your hip hurts. There's a really good chance that gluten is contributing to that. It doesn't mean it's causing it. It means that the stress of the gluten, I would interpret it this way. In most, in most cases, the stress of the gluten is tipping the balance to where your body can't handle or navigate the inflammation levels and they become problematic. And that shows up in an area of chronic inflammation, like your right SI joint, for example, a really common one. So if you're in the same department in that you're wondering if the toxic chemicals in your home or the perfumes in your home or the other nasty cleaning substances you have in your house are causing challenge to your system, your task is to not use any of those for, I think three weeks is a pretty solid pull. I have no science to support that that's a length of time that would allow you to really see the difference. But common sense tells me that if you really actually removed all those things from your environment for three weeks, you'd do okay. Now it could be more challenging to do this because of course, if your wife, if your wife wears a lot of perfume or if your husband is really in love with his cologne or attached to his cologne, you're only going to get away from that so much, but you probably would be able to figure it out if you did the best you could get rid of all your air fresheners. You shouldn't have that crap in your house anyway, for the reasons Ashley and I discussed in the podcast. Change your soaps to non-fragrance soaps to very clean ingredient soaps, right? That are approved on the Back to Basics website. Be selective about the soap you're using around the house for those three weeks, or just get a big bottle of Back to Basics and use that and see how your body feels. And then take a whiff of one of your old cleaning products, your go-to cleaning products that is heavily fragranced and notice if it assaults your senses. That's clue number one. Then notice what happens in your body. Maybe take a little bit and rub it on your wrist. See if you get any skin response. That would only be one of potentially several of several potential negative responses you could have would be some skin irritation, but you get the idea. And don't be afraid to consult your intuition when you undertake this project. All too often, we surrender our autonomy to make these types of choices to an exterior source of authority. I don't know if my body is registering this or not. I can't tell. I'm not sure. I hear these sentences all the time. And I think that modern society is a little bit plagued with, I don't know itis or I can't tell itis. And do you know where this comes from? The internet, of course. It comes from the fact that we feel helpless in the presence of all this knowledge. Why? Two reasons. One, there's so much knowledge that we have access to at any given moment that we feel impotent to process all of it and discern which is best, which should be listened to. But the second paradox is that even if we go spelunking on the internet and we consult all the search engines and we try to figure out who the expert is, this is, a, this is an axiomatic truth about the internet. You can find a qualified expert on any topic in the world. Even the most sacred cow can be slain by this problem. You'll find an expert on either side. Name any topic. 
the biggest, most untouchable topic you can think of. Whether or not Jesus was a man or a mythical figure. Vaccination. When the soul enters the body. Right? These types of questions. You name it. Especially any scientifically oriented discussion. Right? Whether ice baths are good for you or bad for you. Here's another one. It's maybe a little less controversial. But you can find experts on both sides. So what do we do? No wonder people feel stressed and lost right now. Ultimately, you have to consult your own internal sense of knowledge and understanding. And this is why I coach people to feel what's happening on the bike rather than trust only their power meter. Step down from the altar of power. Stop worshiping the God of science. Because in my world, there is no God of science. There's a God of all. Anyway, I won't go down that road. But what I'm saying is I really encourage you to listen to your body, observe your body and feel what's happening on the inside. Listen to your gut, listen to your heart, then listen to your brain. Put all three of those together and you get an intelligent course of action. If you listen only to the brain, then you're trapped in science world. Listen only to the heart and you're constantly following simply what you want. Listen only to the gut and we lose the ability to use the rational mind. There's a balance in all these centers of knowledge which come together to form understanding. That's what I can offer. Try it, see what happens. And you never know if you're like Ashley and these toxic substances were tipping the balance, you may have some really shockingly positive results in your health outcome. And that's what we're all looking for is an expression of health. I'm gonna be your grandpa for a minute and remind you that without health, you ain't got nothing, young man or young woman. You, you have nothing in the world without health. You can't do anything. You can't love your family without your health. You can't express your dream without your health. You can't raise your kids without your health. You can't hug your wife without your health, right? Health is the foundation for being a successful human being. So if you've started overlooking that, then get your shit in gear and get your priorities right. Pardon me for the charge. It's just what's happening. Okay. I hope you found that useful. I found Ashley's conversation and story fascinating. I really enjoyed it. Please go support her product on backtobasics.shop and use the code to get your discount. I hope you enjoy the products. If you have great success, please uh, zip us a note on the gram and let us know that you liked it. Or if you didn't like it, then tell us what's up and maybe we can help you or she can help you. I look forward to the release of her new products that will help me clean my oven and my shower. I hope you do too. And I also look forward to living in a world where we use products that actually clean our environment instead of just camouflage them with perfumes and encapsulate smells with other smells because that is the wrong way to do things. Just about as stupid as an army of robot bees fixing the world. Humans, you guys are beautiful, but you come up with some dumbass shit sometimes. All right. Love you all. Thanks for listening. Ride consciously. Epilogue. I want to share a few brief thoughts about the inception of cycling and alignment. The purpose of this podcast is for me to get three and a half decades of hard fought lessons out of my skull. Some of them through my own research and reading. Some of them I've been taught through mentors and colleagues, other riders, other racers. A lot of it, a massive amount of it was simply trial and error through my own stubborn methods. 
and that has amassed a certain amount of experience and knowledge, understanding. And while I think I'm reasonably smart and I know quite a bit of stuff, I want to make it clear that the opinions that I share on this podcast are belief systems built on what I've experienced to this point. And that some of those opinions are pretty strong, but they are also loosely held. That is to say that if I learn more about a topic and have a greater level of clarity or understanding, then my old belief systems will be abandoned and I will now operate under that newfound knowledge. So I'm not here to tell people all the things that I know. I'm here to explain what I've learned to this point. And there's a big difference. Also, that is the intent when I discuss things on the pod with guests is to learn from them and have a discourse. Because if we can't have a discourse as adults, then we've lost one of the basic tenets of modern society. Even if we disagree, we ought to be able to, in most cases, shake hands and walk away. Because after all, this is sport we're talking about. And while sport is training for life, it's nothing to get too upset over. The purpose of the podcast is to help me help other people and specifically to help them actualize their highest potential by illuminating a path that enables alignment with their truth, their intent, and their coherence. That's really the end goal. So I'm grateful for your listening. My intent is also not to be clear to gain an audience or become popular or gain social status in any way. I don't care about that stuff. That said, if you feel an episode that you have heard will help someone you know, please share it with them. That helps us reach the end goal, which is to help more people. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for your time and attention. Blessings. Blessings.